Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Y'all, I've been wanting to do this series for years since we started the church and uh, I'm so excited we get to start it today. We're doing a series called The Holy Spirit. Come on, y'all say the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Some of you are a little nervous. Right, we're going. What are we going to be doing in here? Is he going to start talking in gibberish? When are the snakes coming out? The snakes come out next week. All right, so not. I'm joking. We're not doing any snakes. That's crazy. So we're. we're but we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit uh, because it's so important. And so what we're going to do is we're going to dive right in today. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. Are we ready? ready. Okay. I, listen, we're going to get after it today. Here's something. As before we get started, I want to just encourage you. And I want everyone to get their phone out. Okay, everyone, get out your phone. I'm telling you, get out your phone. I don't have mine because it's playing music out there. Get out your phone. Open up an app where you can take notes. And I want you to take notes today. All right, I meant to print off notes, but I forgot. So I'm just going to shoot you straight. I forgot to, I even made them and everything. I just forgot to print them and bring them here. So next few weeks, we'll have notes. So take notes today because this is so important. And again, I just, we've been wanting to do this for years and I just haven't felt like we've been ready to kind of, to do this series, but I think we're ready. I think that, uh, I'm ready to teach it and you guys are ready to receive it today. If I don't know you, my name is Clint. Uh, my wife and I, Stephanie, we get to serve as pastors here and, uh, man, we love you guys. I'm so tickled to death that people show up and come this song, the song we just sang Waymaker is really special to us because we've seen God do every single one of those things in our lives. And I know that he can do every single one of those things in your lives. And so I just like to take a second every Sunday and just, this is awesome. I love what we get to do. I love what we get to be a part of. Uh, Last week though, man, we got to celebrate three people getting baptized. Come on, make some noise, somebody. Woo! Love it. And hey, we bought this feeding trough we baptized in. So if you want to get baptized, we'll clean that sucker out and dunk you next week. All right. I'll do it today. I'll do it today. I don't care. Uh, huh? It'll be a little cold. It was cold last week. It's just going to be cold, but it's going to be great. So anybody that wants to get baptized, let us know. But I'm just celebrating that fact. I mean, we went through a whole year and didn't baptize a soul. So three, I'm like, man, that's so cool. Uh, I love that. And I also want to take a second. I don't do this much from the platform. I should do it a lot more, but I just want you guys, and most of these people are not in this room. They're in kids right now, or they're in the lobby. But our dream team is incredible. Listen, this, you should show up to this place on Monday morning. Uh, you might, they might not see in because you, you might not be old enough to come in here. But if you are old enough to come in here, you should see this place. It is insane, the difference that our team makes. I mean, this room does not look like this. We set all this stuff up every single week. And when you leave, we tear it all back down. We put it in our shipping container and we set the room back up the way that they want it set up on Monday morning. And our dream team does that. Our dream team runs the slides back there. They run the sound back there. They serve in security out here. They serve in kids out here. I mean, they do so, they serve during the week to help Steph and I keep our head on our shoulders because we forget to do stuff all the time. I should have handed off the notes printing to someone else. But 
They are amazing. I want y'all to give it up for our dream team. Come on, yeah. They're so great. I love it. All right, here we go. We're getting started today. All right, we're going to be all over the Bible today, so you don't feel like you have to just flip along every, everywhere we go. You can if you want. Everything will be on the screen back here, and uh, man, we're going to uh, dive right in. Okay, so we're going to start, and this is going to be kind of the, the foundation for this series, and it's in the book of Acts. Now, that's the fourth book in the New Testament. Maybe you're new to the faith, or you don't read your Bible a whole lot. That's totally fine. So the New Testament is like the second part, huh? Oh, it's the fifth book. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm a pastor. Didn't go to college though. So, uh, so f- fifth book in the New Testament. Um, the f- first four books, I'm sorry, the first four books are the gospels. So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of those focus on the life of Jesus and, and they, the story of Jesus, the miracles he did, uh, him dying, coming back to life. And the book of Acts is really when the church started. So we wouldn't be here in this building today if it weren't for the book of Acts. So we're going to look at the book of Acts. And uh, it was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's happened at the very beginning of Acts, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then the church starts. That's why we sang that King of Kings song today. It tells the story of God throughout history about the church, about the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to start off everything in Acts chapter 19. And by this point, we're actually decades into the church. Church has been around for 30, 40 years. We're decades into the church. We're in chapter 19 of the book of Acts. It t- that book tells about how the church started. And it says this in chapter 19, verse 1. It said, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and had arrived at Ephesus. So Apollos And Paul, they're friends, and they both take a fork in the road. One of them goes to Corinth. One of them goes to Ephesus. In your Bible, in the New Testament, you have two uh, books of the Bible, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Those are letters written to people at Corinth, where Apollos is. Okay? Paul went to Ephesus. That's where we get the book of Ephesians. He wrote a letter to people that lived in Ephesus. That's why they call it Ephesians. And there, there, they found some disciples. And they asked them this question. They said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I love this answer. They answered, no. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. And I think that a lot of us, we're going to heaven, we're good people, but it's still the case today. You're good people, you make good decisions, you have a great family, but you're not even sure what the Holy Spirit is. And you may have heard of it before, but you might not be living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do is I want to take these next four weeks, and I want to teach you what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And I'm, it's, this is not just educational, okay? If you, if you came to learn scholarly teaching, you've arrived at the wrong church, I'm so sorry, all right? I'm not that smart, but what I can do is teach about the Holy Spirit and how that can help you. And so we are going to get a little scholarly today, but it's all about how it can help you because you need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so there's a lot of confusion around the, how many of y'all would agree there's a lot of confusion around the Holy Spirit or there's a lot of, if I asked you what the Holy Spirit was, ask everybody in here, I would get different answers. And I think a lot of people get turned off to the Holy Spirit because of the way it's been packaged. 
the way it's been presented. You may have seen some televangelists on TV do something crazy, and you're like, I don't want no part of that. Like, he better not touch me, or I'm going to fight back, you know? Or, I could, what is he saying? Is he speaking a different language? And it's been packaged. You've seen stuff on YouTube, or, or uh, televangelists late at night, and they're telling you to, to buy this blanket for $20, and God will bless you. The Holy Spirit will fill you, and all that stuff. But it's been packaged poorly. But there's a lot of confusion in these four weeks. I'm, uh, my goal is to de-spookify and demystify the Holy Spirit, all right? He's gotten a bad rap, and I would argue because of the bad packaging it has come in over the years, and especially over modern times. And so I want to de-spookify, I want to demystify it, and I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. I want to introduce you to the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not an it, it's a person. And he desperately wants to be in your life. He desperately wants to help you. And so we're going to do that. Over the next four weeks, we're going to look at that. Okay, how do we have the Holy Spirit help us? How do we have him come into our life? And so here's what I need from you, all right? Everyone lean in for just a second. Here's what I need from you. No matter what background you came from, okay, no matter what bad experience you may have had at a church that had an unhealthy view of the Holy Spirit, no matter what strange stuff that wasn't biblical that you saw that made you feel weird, I want you to forget all that for a second. Okay, Or maybe you came from a background like I did, that the Holy Spirit existed, but it was kind of weird, so we didn't talk about it. All right, And we just didn't talk about it at all because we couldn't explain it, we couldn't understand it. Whatever your background is with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come with a blank page. All right, Just like your notes right now, they're blank. Come with a blank page, and let's learn what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. We good? I'd need four weeks from you. You're already one week down. I need three more after this, and I promise you... The Holy Spirit can invade your life, and it can make your whole life better. I'm so, so, so excited about it. So, But in order for us to get there, we have to go back, and you're going to have a little bit of a Greek and Hebrew lesson. Are y'all ready for that right now? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, y'all don't sound excited. I promise it's going to be fun. I have an air cannon up here. It's going to get fun. I promise. All right, so we have to go back to the Old Testament. Now, the problem with the word spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, is I believe that it, it, it does a little bit of an injustice to how the English translator translated the actual words that they actually meant, and they use the word spirit. And spirit doesn't really capture the meaning of the word. And so that's just the best thing that they could kind of come up with. So if you don't know... Um, your Bible is not written in English, all right? Jesus didn't speak English. Uh, America didn't exist when the Bible was happening. All the stuff in the Bible is happening like it does today. Um, and it was tr the Old Testament is written in mostly Hebrew, all right, in all of Hebrew, really. And the New Testament is written in Greek and a little bit of Aramaic, but mostly Greek. And those two things have to be translated into English whenever you have a new translation of the Bible come out. So they look at the original manuscripts, they look at the original text, and they translate word for word, syllable for syllable, like from the original language into English. And so what we get in English is the word spirit and ghost. Now, ghost just sounds weird. All right, that one's already kind of been a little like no one really uses that anymore. But we get the word spirit or ghost. But in your Bibles, like when it says the word spirit, that's not the word that actually it means. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to, to think about the Old Testament. All right, this is Hebrew language. And I'm going to tell you what the Holy, or the, not the Holy Spirit word, the, the Hebrew word uh, that they get spirit and ghost out of. Does that make sense? All right, here it is. 
I want you to write this down. The Old Testament word that we use is a word called ruach. Come on, y'all say ruach. You got to hock something up when you say that. Come on now. Ruach. There's a slide. Sam, you can put that slide up. And so ruach, that's, that's what the word, that we get spirit. But if you look at this definition, the word spirit or ghost isn't even in it. It's actually a wind. It's breath. A violent exhalation. A blast of breath. Now, it's, it, it has life, right? Like, it, there's movement to it. Uh, but you can understand, like, the, the English translators couldn't call it the holy wind. Or, like, the holy breath. The holy blast. <laughs> like, they, they, it just sounds weird, right? So they, they decided on spirit or ghost. But that's not really, that doesn't do the word justice. The word has action to it. It's got life to it. It's got movement to it. It's got something that, that, that we all need in it, right? Like it's got this thing about it that, that the word spirit of ghost doesn't really capture. In fact, this word, the, these words, spirit, that, that we get spirit and ghost from are used 800 times in the Bible. We get the word spirit and ghost out of these 800 words, but that's not a great explanation of the word. And so ruach, it's a wind, it's a breath, it's a violent exhalation, it's a blast of breath. And so what's actually interesting is that this word is used in the second verse of the Bible. The very second, the, the second verse in the whole Bible, look at Genesis, and it says this, throw that up there. It says, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the ruach, the spirit, the wind, Right, right, right. The, the breath of God, the, the movement of God was hovering over the waters. It's super interesting. It kind of changes everything when you understand what the word kind of means. It doesn't mean spirit or ghost. It's something a little more. It's something a little different. Now, that's the Hebrew word. Now, let's go to the Greek word. The Greek word is this. It's pneuma. Y'all say pneuma. No hawking on this one. Pneuma. And that means a current of air, a blast or breath, a strong breeze. So you can see the dilemma when they were translating it into English from these original languages is that they, 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 they didn't want to call it the Holy Breeze, right? Like it just didn't, it didn't sound right. So they, they said Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, but really these words have something different. In fact, the Bible says this in John 6, 6, 63, the word, this is Jesus talking, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of pneuma. They're full of, of life. They're, they're full of movement. They're full of air. They're full of power. Now, I brought this because it's awesome, all right? I just want to tell you right now, if you don't know what this is, you're about to learn. Uh, this, is, this is a good example of what the Holy Spirit is, okay? Now, watch. You ready? Oh, got her. See, see, she's paying attention now. I got her. But look, can you feel that back there? Oh, I saw Scott's hair. Your toupee about flew off, right? I'm joking. He don't have a toupee. But like, look, look. You feel this? Watch. Can y'all feel that? It takes a second. Can you feel it back there? Can you feel it back there? No? Here, let me get it down. Nothing? Okay, that's not working well. But look at the curtains. Boom. All right, so look. This is what happens when Jesus talks. When Jesus talks, boom. It's a, it's a blast of air. When the Holy Spirit talks, look. Boom, right there. Look, look, look. 
Boom. Do you feel that? Isn't that crazy? This is what the Holy Spirit's like. It's like a little blast of air. It's like a little, ooh. It's just a little, oh, here we go, Janet. Boom, got her. This is fun right here. I might not even get anything done. I love this. I snuck it up on my dad earlier. Boom. Um, that's what the Holy Spirit's like. It's like, a, it's boom. It's some air movement. It's power. You feel that thing hit you. You're like, whoa, that thing's got some punch on it. That's what the Holy Spirit's like. When, 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 when he speaks, when the Holy Spirit moves, it does something. It has action. It brings movement to your life. It brings life to your life. It's the very breath of God. And so I titled this message today, A Breath of Fresh Air. A breath of fresh air. Why? Because I think some of us need a breath of fresh air that only the Holy Spirit can provide. I believe that. And so what I want to do today is I want to look at wind in the natural and see how that compares to the wind of God in the spiritual. All right, so we're going to look at what, is, what, what kind of qualities does wind have in the natural and how does that uh, tie into the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the wind of God, and the spiritual. Does that make sense? Now, I want you to lean in. I want you to pay attention because God has something for you today. The first thing is this, is wind is unseen. Wind is unseen. And this is uh, a little obvious, right? Like, of course you can't see the wind. Like, that's insane. If you could see the wind, you're hallucinating. I'm sorry, you know, but, but you can't see the wind. But here's what's going to happen to you when you walk out of here today. All right? It's a little muggy in here. The air has a hard time keeping up. I'm really hot right now. I'm sweating. Uh, it's, it's hot in the kids' space. And it's just muggy. The, the air can't keep up with the people in here. we got the curtains up. Like, the lights are on. It's just hot. You're going to go outside. And you're going to feel, feel just like a little breeze hit you. And you're going to feel like, whew, that feels good. You know, like it's just all stale. It's stagnant in here. I almost just didn't turn the air on just for effect today. But I couldn't do it. I would have passed out. But, but you're going to feel out. And you're, you're going you're to go outside. And you're going to feel it. And you go, man, that feels good. And there's nothing weird about that. Right? Like it's natural to go out and be like, good, not need some air movement. Right? But if we said that about our experience with God in this room, some people would be a little freaked out. It's like, feeling? What did you feel? I didn't feel nothing in there. What are you talking about, right? Like, you, you get a little weirded out. And some people think, like, brother, you ain't supposed to be running on your feelings, right? And we talked about that a little bit last week. But, man, sometimes it's nice to feel what you're running on. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it's nice to feel something. And that's the thing that a lot of us don't like about the Holy Spirit is we can't see it. It's something that can only be felt and experienced. You can't see it. It's like wind. You can't see the Holy Spirit work. It's like wind. But it's supposed to be felt and experienced. Now, are we supposed to base all of our Christianity off of our feelings? No. In fact, if you go to our growth track class, if you go to our website, we have a statement of faith. There's things that like we are concrete on. We're not going to compromise on the authority of God's word, on Jesus, on God, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We're not going to compromise on a lot of things. But there is an aspect of Christianity that we can't see, and we have to be okay with that. The Holy Spirit cannot be seen. He can only be felt and experienced. And if you look at your Bibles today, and uh, you go to John chapter 14, you're going to see the beginning of a conversation. 
And this conversation happens in John 14, John 15, John 16. And it's the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples whenever they were doing the Last Supper. All right, so we just did communion. Uh, and if you didn't take it during the song after church, you can take it. Uh, it's available to you back there. But this is where we get the communion thing. It's from this Last Supper. And they're up there. And John documents this conversation in chapters 14, 15, and 16. And did you know the vast majority of this conversation centers around the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is telling them like, hey, I'm going to go die for your sins. I'm going to get buried. Don't worry. I'm coming back to life. And then I'm going to leave. Like, I, I won't be here with you anymore. But I'm sending the Holy Spirit to help you. Here's what it says in John 14, uh, verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. And be with you forever. The spirit, the pneuma, right, of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Most people, you leave this verse up. Most people are comfortable with what they can see. And what they can experience in a tangible way. But he's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's coming and some people won't see him and they won't even know him because he's not able to be seen. He can only be felt and experienced. And that's going to be a problem for somebody. But he says this, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. And honestly, that's why a lot of you come to this church. It's not because of the speaking uh, it's not because of the worship, which I love. Uh, the speaking's phenomenal. Let's just be honest, all right? But it's not, I'm joking. It's not because of that. It's not for the production value. You can go to a thousand churches in our county that has better production value. It sounds better. It does, all, it, except for when Tyler's here. When Tyler's here, he can't sound any better, baby. Come on. Thank you. He, he got off a tour bus mixing the tour to be here this morning, by the way. I hadn't even been home. So, hey, give it up for Tyler back there. He ain't too big to serve in church. I love it. Um, and listen, but you come here because you want to experience God's spirit in your life. And some of you find that here. And I, my prayer is that everybody finds that here all the time. So the first thing is wind is unseen. The Holy Spirit's unseen. All right. Second thing is this. Wind is unpredictable. Wind is unpredictable. Oh, people hate this one now. All right, listen, this is hard for some people. Now, uh, how many football fans in the house? Come on, let me hear you. Go Titans. Lord, be with them. Uh, please, please, Lord, be with them. Uh, but, but with the Titans, if you go to a game or if you've seen a college game, you look at the field goal post, right? And at the top of the field goal post, there's like a little flag, okay? And there's some flags up there. Why are those up there? What? what? When? Because it's unpredictable. They, don't, they need to know where the wind, what the wind is doing right now. Like, you can't predict what's happening. You have to look. That's why at, at, uh, at an airport, you see that little wind sock, right? They need to know what's happening with the wind right now because you can't predict where the wind's coming from, how hard it's going to blow. You need real-time information. The Holy Spirit is the same way. It's different. And a lot of us, we don't like this part about God. We like everything to be really orderly and neat, and we want it to kind of fit in this box and, you just box, and you just need to know that if that's you, if you like God real orderly, this is going to mess you up. I just want to tell you right now, this is going to mess you up because God doesn't do it the same way every time. He doesn't. He doesn't work the same way every time. Do you know why he doesn't do that? 
He doesn't do it the same way every time because you'll end up worshiping the system and not him. And so you'll, 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 end up, you'll end up having this experience with God and thinking that the experience and the way you did something then is what made God move in the first place, but that's not what God does. That's not who he is. Wind is unpredictable. You can't, you, you can't figure out where it goes. And we've made the experience holy instead of the spirit holy. And listen, we have to understand that God doesn't do it the same way every time. It's unpredictable. And that's okay. It says this in John chapter 3. Jesus, he's talking to, to Nicodemus. This is where we get, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is that chapter. Jesus is talking to the guy that he said that to. And he says this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You want to know what that word for wind is in the Bible? Numa. It's the same word. The spirit the pneuma blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit, born of pneuma. But you understand how these words, they're, they're starting to make a little bit more sense now. The Spirit does what the Spirit wants. We can't control it. We can't contain it. Uh, that's why we have one time in the Bible where God spoke to somebody through a bush, a burning bush, Moses, right? Like God didn't do that again. Like, and we don't reject everything God says. I mean, that'd be like you rejecting me because this message isn't coming from a bush that's on fire on the stage. Like that sounds crazy. But, but God doesn't do the same thing every time. In fact, uh, this one guy came to Jesus and he brought a blind friend with him and he, he, he didn't ask Jesus to heal him. I love this. He comes up to Jesus with his friend and he goes, hey, do the hand thing. And that guy's like, what? He said, hey, touch him with your hands. Come on, do, do the hand thing. And just because the guy, he, he, he thought the hands and the hand thing was why Jesus would heal people. And just because Jesus told him that, Jesus was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so what did Jesus do? Jesus hawked a loogie on the ground, made mud, Stuck it in the dude's eyes and healed the guy that way. You talk about turning that whole thing upside down. If, imagine bringing your friend to church today and they're struggling with something and I spit in their face. Now that happens to the people in the front row and inadvertently, I'm sorry. But like, imagine if, imagine if I spit in his face, you'd be like, what are you doing, dude? Imagine Jesus doing this and he makes mud, puts it on the guy's eyes and he heals him. It's not the hand thing that made Jesus heal the blind man, no. And he, he, he thought it was the system that Jesus was delivering the healing that was the important thing. And he completely missed that Jesus was the answer the whole time. And he can do anything he wants. He's unpredictable. The Holy Spirit is unpredictable. You got to be careful. Listen to this. Tucking God into a system that only your brain understands and worshiping that system. You can't do that. That's not how God works. You can't see the Holy Spirit. You can't predict the Holy Spirit. You have to be okay with that. Now, I'm a, I like chaos. I like it a little bit. I like, I'm okay with the unpredictability of God. But some people, you, you like control. Your personality is just wired that way. Thank God for people like you. I need you in my life to help me make sure I don't go crazy. But you have to be okay with God living outside of your world a little bit because he wants to impact your life, but you have to understand that he's unpredictable. 
You can't control it. The system isn't what brings the Holy Spirit. We don't worship a system here. It's just not what we do. But we do love and welcome the work of the Holy Spirit at this church. So wind, it's unseen. It's unpredictable. Third thing is this. Wind is powerful. Wind is powerful. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you've seen in our area what happens when a tornado rips through a neighborhood. It's powerful, man. It'll wipe out a house, put its roof on the ground. It has the wind can kill people. Wind can provide electricity. Wind can sail a ship. Wind is power. It's a powerful, powerful tool. Now, listen, I want everyone looking at me really quick. I ask you to come the next three, three weeks after this because there are some things in your life that you can't beat on your own. You, you, your own strength will not do this. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And you've been trying to solve problems on your own, in your own power, with your own strength. And I'm here to tell you today that the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than anything you could ever muster up. Amen. I'm telling you, and listen, you need that power in your life. You just do. I know that I face things in my life, I need God's power. I don't need Clint's power. You know what Clint's power does to a church? It shrinks it to about 15 people. That's what I do to churches because that's what we did to this church before we gave it control to God and said, God, this is your thing. It ain't my thing. It's not Stephanie's thing. This is your thing. And then when we did that, I'm telling you, we felt a, a gust of wind blow through this church. And Why? Because it's powerful. I have the power to really tear something up and mess it up in a heartbeat. I need the power of God in my life. You need the power of God in your life. And I would implore you, I would beg you, get close to the Holy Spirit because that's where God's power is made manifest. He can, he can give you the power that you need to defeat anything in your life. Your marriage problems, your money problems, your business problems, your parenting problems, your friendship problems, your leadership problems, all of them can be solved with the power of God. Here's what it says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. Come on, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I say, Holy Spirit, pour it on me, baby, because I need the power of you in my life because I can't do it on my own. And some of you need to humble yourselves today and go, God, I need your power. I need your strength. I need your power to come inside of me right now and help me with this situation because wind is powerful. The Holy Spirit is powerful. There was a guy named Charles Finney, and uh, he was, he's considered to be the father of modern um, revivalism in America, and he was a, a 19th century attorney, okay? He was a 19th century, century attorney, and in his own words, he, he told you that he was, he was okay with only knowing God on an intellectual level. Like, he was totally cool with it. But he would also tell you that his, his life was lifeless, like he didn't have any life and he had an experience with the Holy Spirit. Here's what he wrote. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath 
of God. Do you know why? Because it was the very breath of God. Listen, some of your marriages, they need the very breath of God. Some of you mentally, emotionally, man, you need the very breath of God. Some of you have a past that still haunts you to this day because you were abused or something was spoken over you or something was done to you out of your control. And guess what? You need the power and the very breath of God to breathe into those situations because you're not going to overcome it on your own. Medicine can help. Yes. Counseling will help. Yes. But man, there's something about the power of the Holy Spirit going through you that can change everything. And God made those things, used those things. I do those things. It is amazing. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't be the same without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And you need that in your life. So wind, it's unseen. It's unpredictable. It's powerful. Y'all get anything out of this today? Come on, let me get some heads, something. Y'all are quiet on me today. Fourth thing is this. Wind is refreshing. Oh, Refreshing. Holy Spirit just told me somebody's about to get refreshed today. Have you ever been in your car? We lived in South Florida, and the small of my back has never been the same. Because if you sit on leather seats after your car's been sitting in Florida for an afternoon, it just singes whatever's down there. And if you have a little skin exposed on that leather seat, I mean, my word... It is like you can just smell burning flesh in the car. It's so hot. But you get in, have you ever gotten in your car in the summertime? Your kids played ball game, and your car's been sitting out in the heat, and you get in, and it's like 185 degrees in there, and it feels like I'm, I'm going to die at any moment. And then you roll the windows down. And what do you immediately feel? Well, what do you feel? Just fresh air come in and it's it's outside air it's not even good air yet but it's out and then you feel that refreshing air and you're like there's just some movement in the house you know or there's movement in the car and you're like oh my word that feels so good it's so refreshing the holy spirit wants to bring that to your soul today he wants to bring that to you today he wants to refresh you it says this first corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 what no eye has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love them. These are the things God has received or revealed to us by his spirit. So listen, by Numa, you want some a supernatural refreshing, a refreshing that your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, and your heart can't even comprehend. It comes by the spirit. It's revealed to you by the Spirit. You, want, you need some refreshing. It, it comes by the Spirit, by the Spirit of God, by Numa. And many of us can't understand what it even takes for God to refresh you, but God does that through the Holy Spirit. That's why it's, I, I'm asking you to make this a priority. Get here over the next few weeks. Why? Because you need to be refreshed. 
And it's not going to be magical words that I say, but it's going to be the spirit in this room that's going to refresh you. And it's going to be like taking a, a drink of water on a hot day and you can just feel it going through your body. I'm telling you, some of you need that in your life. And that's the missing piece that you've had in your life. And, and we, some of you may have even come from a background like I did that taught you to kind of reject the things of the Holy Spirit because they couldn't be explained and it made us feel a little strange sometimes and it just was a little out of the norm. And I'm telling you that if you came from a place like that, they taught you to reject a, a, a piece of who God is. The Holy Spirit's part of the Trinity. If you respect the, reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting part of God. And I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. I want everything that he wants to give me. If he wants to give me a gift, God, give it in abundance in Jesus' name. Like, I, I just want everything that God has to give me. And I hope that you feel the same way. You, you don't need to reject this part of God anymore. And some of you, you're going to go, all right, God, I'm going to let you in, but you got to behave. It, it doesn't work that way. We, we got we to let him say, God, come in, and I'm going to receive whatever you have to give me, whatever it is. And humble ourselves a little bit. It says this in Ephesians chapter 4. This is the message paraphrase. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most important and most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. And don't take such a gift for granted. I think some of you, you may have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, but you may have taken him for granted. Well, how do I not take him for granted, Pastor Glenn? I'm so glad you asked. Here we go. The first thing is this, is you got to let go of your fears and misperceptions of the Holy Spirit. You got to let go of those things. Let go of the fears and the misperceptions of the Holy Spirit. It says this, Proverbs 3, uh, verse 5, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Just trust him. Trust God. Let go of those fears and, and the preconceived notions that you have about the Holy Spirit. That's not what God has for you. Come on, you just got to trust God with it. He's not against you. He's not going to turn you into a crazy person. He's not going to turn, you're not going to be doing cartwheels down the aisles. You know, it's not going to be that. So trust God. He, he wants to give you something. Second thing is this, you have to go all in, all in, go all in. That's true for anything in the Christian life, by the way. You don't get anywhere going halfway. You got to go all in. And I'm just going to say something. This might offend you. I'm sorry. Uh, hear my heart. Okay. Some of you, you want a little church. You want a little baseball you want a little lake time? You want a little sleeping in time? You, you, want, you want all these other things with God and that's not how it works. God is saying, no, 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 go all in with me. Everything. Watch what he does. I, 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 we tell people all the time, give us a season. Give God a season of your life. Three, six months. Go all in. Do everything. Go all in. Group, give, uh, serve. I, I mean, do everything that we ask you to do here, and I promise you, your life's going to change. Go all in. If it doesn't, I'll change churches with you, all right? I'm serious. Hey, go all in. How do you know that? Well, here's what the Bible says. Jeremiah 29. You will seek me, and you'll find me. He's telling you. If you look for me, I'm not hard to find. You'll find me. But what does it say? It's conditional. When you seek me with all your heart. 
Some of you are trying to find God and you're trying to do it halfway. No, no, no. Go all in. If you seek me, you're going to find me, but you have to seek me with all your heart. You got to go all in. Like I'm talking sold out 100%. If there's one seat left open in the arena of your heart, it ain't all in. All in. You got to go all in. And I promise you, you will find him. The third thing is this, is you need to develop an intimate relationship, a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Do you know every part of God has a role in your life? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It has a role. Here's what those roles are. Second Corinthians in the message paraphrase. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And here's my fear. Some of you have everything that God the Father has for you and God the Son has for you, but you don't have everything that God the Holy Spirit has for you. And you might be going to heaven when you die. You got your get out of hell free card, congratulations, but you are not living a life with power. And God wants to refresh you today. See, God the Father, he loves me. God the Son, he saves me. God the Holy Spirit, he's with me. He's with you. You gotta let him in. He's with you. You know, there's a place um, at the equator called the doldrums. And in this place, uh, the winds from the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere, they kind of meet and they cancel each other out. So there's no wind there. And, uh, and back in the day when, they, when sailing was the only way to get from one continent to the other, you had to go across an ocean, people were terrified of getting into the doldrums. Because if you wandered into the doldrums, you couldn't get out. You were stuck there. Because there was no wind to keep moving your boat forward in the direction it needed to go. And so people, there's a lot of myths that have been written about the doldrums. But the reality is, is that you just, they sailed into an area that didn't have any wind. And so they lost their ability to move. They lost their ability, the, the, the power to get from where they wanted to go to where they needed to be. And my fear, and maybe just the reality, is today there are people sitting in this room that have wandered into the doldrums of your life. And you're not experiencing any of the wind, any of the spirit of God in your life. And God wants to help you with that today. He wants to move you out of there. He wants to put you in a place where you can experience the power of God, where you can experience the refreshing nature of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to be just real still for a moment. There's two people I want to talk to today, all right? First is this. Maybe you are a person in here that you've wandered into the doldrums and your life is just spiritually stale. There's no movement. There's no breath of God in your life. There's no power of God in your life. There's no wind of God in your life. There's no, there, there's no way to get from where you are 
to where you need to go and you've, you felt like you've just sailed into the doldrums of life and you're just stagnant spiritually. And maybe you are a person that needs God to come fill your sails again with his breath, with his wind. And I want to just get real today, all right? If that's you, if you're a person in here and you just be honest, say, Clint, that is me. I want you just to raise your hand right now. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. If you're in here and you're like, man, I am just experiencing some staleness in my life and I just need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Listen, nothing weird's gonna happen to you. I'm not gonna come and pray the fire of God down on your life, all right? Nothing weird's gonna happen. But if that's you, come on, raise your hand. One, two, three. Don't be shy. Let's go. Get real. God, you see the hands up right now. And God, uh, your, your Holy Spirit has power. It, it can refresh anything and anyone. And God, I ask right now that they be able to feel the breeze in their spirit, feel the, the power of your, your spirit in their spirit right now. God, I pray that you would begin to refresh. You would begin to restore. You would begin to move. You would begin to bring power in Jesus' name. God, I pray you would fill them with the Holy Spirit right now. God, I pray that they would begin to feel that refreshing nature of your Holy Spirit spirit once again. God, would you bring that power? God, would you bring that, uh, just the refreshing feeling of your wind moving in their sails, God? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed just for a second. We're almost done. The second people I want to talk to today are people in here that you may have not made a decision to follow Jesus. And let me just, I'll be honest with you, you'll never experience the power of the Holy Spirit until that happens. And maybe for you, you need to make that decision today to go all in with God. Say, God, I'm receiving what Jesus did for me, and I want to become a Christian. I want to become a Christ follower today. So if that's you on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand, and we're gonna, I'm going to teach you how to pray a prayer that can help ask God into your life. So on the count of three, just raise your hand if you need to accept Jesus today. One, two, three. Come on, lift your hand up. All right, you can put it down. If that's you, you can just say this in your heart. God, I need you. I know I've messed up. And I thank you for what you did on the cross and how you came back to life. And today I invite you into my heart. I make you the Lord, the King of my heart. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give God a hand in this place. Woo! So good.